Welcome to the Words of Heart podcast. In this episode, we dive into a topic or story pertaining to mental health. This episode is accompanied with video and audio. However you choose to listen to this episode, sit back, relax, open your hearts and minds. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. everyone. It is your host, Dion Sanchez, and welcome to another episode of the Words of Heart podcast. In this episode, it's just me behind the mic today. No guests, just me being fully transparent with you, my audience. So today is Suicide Prevention Month, and considering my podcast is about mental health, it only seems fitting to discuss this particular topic with you. I, for one, have my own personal struggles, which I have shared numerous times in previous episodes and with whomever appears as my guest on my podcast in previous episodes. I, for one, have my own story with suicide that I thought would be fitting to share with you in this episode in honor of Suicide Prevention Day. I believe it is Suicide Prevention Month, but today specifically, September 10th, is Suicide Prevention Day. So my story with suicide, I believe, stems from my childhood. I didn't have a bad childhood. I had good parents. I had good family and friends. But that's the thing about that last part, friends. Um, that's where that sore, that was sorely lacking. My childhood wasn't normal compared to others. Um, how I came into this world was very different. For the first two years of my life, I couldn't hear her talk. So as a result of that, I had many health deficiencies and hindrances that, made learning and evolving a lot cha- lot more challenging and difficult. 
So as a result of that, I felt very different, biologically speaking, because I, I just was. I didn't have a hand in how I came out into this world. Um, although I took every experience that has ever happened in my life as a blessing and all part of God's dynamic plan for me. So I don't take anything that's happened to me for granted. I'm grateful for my life. I'm very grateful for my life. But because of my health issues, my life did not come easy. It was really difficult. So I, as I mentioned, couldn't hear her talk. But eventually I did <laughs> learn to talk in here and I specialized classes. But when I would, you know, be in a typical classroom and my father would pick me up, I would be by myself. The other kids would play with their blocks and toys together and I would be off in a corner by myself. I had no friends and no type of socialization whatsoever. Um, and that was from three to four or five years old. So the socialization factor was lacking from the very beginning of my um, childhood. So as I got older, you know, going into the older grades, like fifth or fourth, um, I became, I started coming to my own and yet I still felt different because um, I got picked on, hey, had glasses, four eyes, French fries, although I don't understand how the word French fries is a form of teasing. I still don't understand that concept, but either way, I was picked on and made fun of like any typical child would be in their elementary school years. However, I took my being made fun of a lot differently than others may have perceived it because I already knew that I was biologically different and I had health deficiencies, I took my being made fun of a lot harder because they were making fun of me because I was different, obviously. That's how being bullied in, in, in elementary school works. You're being bullied because you're different. They think you're lame or weird or however that may work. But I knew emotionally that I was already different because of my health deficiencies. So I took being made fun of a lot harder because I they were making fun of me because I was different. And the un unfortunate factor was I was different. So I took being made fun of a lot harder. For example, I would raise my hand in class to answer a question. Now, Mind you, because of how I was brought into this world, it takes me a lot longer to learn things. People learn how to tie their shoes at like five. I learned at seven. To give you a concrete example as to how my learning mentality and my development progressed. It took longer. Um, that was just scientific fact. It took longer for me to learn things. So I would answer a question in school, I would get it wrong, and everyone would immediately start laughing. Now, if someone else answered a question wrong, nobody would laugh. But if I answered a question wrong, everybody would immediately start laughing. 
So that's the difference. And that took a toll on me and continue to take a toll on me. Um, fast forward to middle school and elementary school. The need for socialization was very important to me. It was very important to me. And I don't know why, but I just, I didn't have any friends. I probably had one friend my entire lifetime when I was younger to this day forward. My best friend, Sandra, love her. I see her as family. She was my only real friend in my childhood. But as far as getting any other friends or being around a group of friends or getting that social contact that one needs in their adolescence, I didn't have. I tried so hard desperately to fit in and to communicate and I was just inevitably rejected or ignored or felt invisible. And it was sad, it was disheartening. And it gave me the mentality to think that, why doesn't anybody wanna be my friend? Like, I didn't ask to be different. I didn't ask to be who I am. I, I mean, I can't change who I am. And it was sad and it was discouraging because I couldn't change who I am. So that led to me questioning my existence, thinking something is wrong with me, wondering if I were to disappear or die, would anyone miss me? And I kept that was in, internally, that was internal. I didn't speak about it. It was probably public knowledge to my family because this was an ongoing thing. Me sitting by myself in a corner. When I was little, I was sitting by myself in a corner in a playroom. When I got to middle school, I would be, to give you a, a more modern realistic example, I went to church, I went to church. I know this is no disrespect to any church demographic or anything of that nature. I love church, I love God. God was probably my only friend throughout my entire life that stood by my side. I would go to a church setting. There would be small groups and an adult who would lead and facilitate the group into spiritual discussion and pertain life matters and have God be have God be the answer to how to solve those life problems. And you can discuss your own personal feelings and what's bothering you, being vulnerable and transparent. So I would, you know, raise my hand like, hey, I have something to say. I would start talking and then someone would inevitably, and this was very, very, very frequent, inevitably interrupt me without fail, they would interrupt me and start talking with the small group leader who was facilitating the group and just cut me off. And they would have their own separate conversation and just forget that I was even talking, like reject me, I would feel invisible. I'm being vulnerable here and you just cut me off. Like what I said doesn't matter. So, that was an ongoing thing. I felt like, 
why can I not have friends? Why does people see me as invisible? I would extend an olive branch to everyone and they would just push me aside like I was nothing. Like I was just invisible and it was, it hurt. And I would more and more, eat. I would cry out. I would cry in my sleep. Like every single night I would ask God like, God, what's wrong with me? Why can't I have friends? I want friends. I'm a good person. Why can't I have friends? And thinking about it now, it is really, really hard because it affected me tremendously growing up because it's one thing for someone to say, oh, you're, you're perfectly fine the way you are. There's nothing wrong with you. But for me, I biologically knew I was different because of how I was born. So the di being different factor affected me a lot more because I knew I was different already. And yet nobody wanted to be my friend. So it just, it affected me. And ever, I, I would like, if I were to disappear, would anyone miss me? What's the point of me being here if I have no friends, if I'm alone? Like, what's my purpose in this world? Why am I here? Nobody wants to be my friend. I would pick up a knife and be like, what if I just gave myself a cut right now? What if I gave myself another cut right now? Like, what if I just kept cutting and cutting until there was no flesh left to cut and I would just pass out? Like, why am I here? <sighs> but my faith was strong enough for me to keep my life going because God knew there was a reason for me being here, even though I didn't know what that reason was. And um, um, he placed other people in my life um, through the church I was attending. They reached, they extended an olive branch to me um, I decided to volunteer um, in the church ministry because again, I didn't have friends. I didn't have that socialization. The lack of it was saddening. And I thought, hey, what if I volunteered? What if I was around? What if I, you know, helped and served God because I love God and I love fellowship? What if I got involved more? And perhaps by getting more involved, that would be the answer for me to have that socialization, for me to have friends. So um, I got, I've started volunteering, I got involved. Um, I would go on these youth camps, these church youth camps, they would be in like Daytona or Panama City Beach. And they would be these really awesome camps. And I had a wonderful time and I loved it. Um, when going to a church youth camp, it is really not common for there to be no cell phone on you or any technology device because 
you're in fellowship with God. It's a community. You're supposed to connect with other believers and followers and technology is like sort of a hindrance in this case. So you would be forced to pretty much communicate with others because your phone, you wouldn't be allowed to have your phone. So those experiences was truly fulfilling and wonderful because you were outside of your normal environment. So, however, when you come back to reality, everything will automatically be the same. And I will go back to being sad and alone all over again. So, okay. So, I, yeah, I had friends at this youth camp, and then I'll come back, and then it'll be like nothing's changed. I'm invisible. Okay, God, what are you telling me here? Because I still don't have any friends. So why on earth would I keep going to this youth camp and putting myself through this? Um, obviously to get closer to God, first and foremost, but of course you're in community with others. You're bonding, you're supposed to be being unified and worshiping together. And yet when I come back to reality, nobody wants, I'm, I'm like the plague. Nobody wants to be around me. So, um, um, there was this youth camp in 2011. All the old the high schooler adults who I volunteered with because I was a little middle schooler, I was going to be going on to high school soon. They were like, hey, there's this youth camp coming up. You should go, you should go, you should go. And I was really hesitant on going because if anything, I would go, I would have an awesome time, and then I would come back and nothing would change nothing nothing would change so i'm like i don't think i want to go but they're like no 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 you should go and they you know they've gotten to know me they've you know been really friendly and they don't see me as invisible which is really rare so i decided okay i'll go to the camp why not get away from home go to the beach tan Worship, whoop, whoop, have a grand old time. So I went. Um, this particular experience was different. Um, Wednesday night, um, we spoke about the Holy Spirit. And I immediately fell on my knees and cried, pretty much, literally, inevitably. God seeped into my heart and just made it explode with love pretty much that's how powerful and deep it was and it's something I desperately needed because I, I'm like about to go into high school I still didn't know why on earth I was here so God intervened at the precise moment in time that needed to happen and I felt loved I felt like I was important in this world, that I do have a purpose, that if I were to disappear, people would miss me, and there are people that care about me outside of my family, and that was a really beautiful moment. It happened on a Wednesday night. It was like one of the last few nights of camp, and I also ended up speaking in tongues, which is really a biblical um, practice and form 
which to this day, I wish I would have continued it. Um, I just chanted, and I think I remember the words to this day, what I chanted constantly that flew, that just flowed through me. Um, I'm trying to remember out at the top of my head. I think the words were, I want to take the next, ah, I'm like, I think I want to take the next step, step of faith, God. I want to take the next step of faith, God. And I kept repeating that over and over again until it became a language that I didn't even recognize. And I just kept chanting that over and over and over. So I returned home after the experience and everything was different. Everything was different. I had friends. I had people who cared about me who didn't see me as invisible. And it was just so mind blowing that one moment in time changed everything. And I felt like my life had purpose. I felt like I had meaning. There was reasoning. God wasn't my only friend anymore. I had actual human physical friends that cared about me. So it was just so unbelievably amazing and beautiful that God intervened because I could have ended my life at any given moment. And I truly did consider it. But I knew, just like how everyone has their own little voice in their head, God for me was my voice in my head. Like, no, Dion, don't do this, don't do this. And it just became more powerful in that moment at camp. And from that point forward, I had no thoughts of suicide. I dealt with typical stresses and anxieties like any typical human would, but I knew there was no reason to end my life from that point forward. Um, fast forward to 2019. Um, I mentioned this on my podcast, how I was diagnosed with diabetes in 2020. And it's really what anchored and birthed this podcast to begin with um, a year ago. It's been a year since I started this and making it a fundamental factor here. So again, it is Suicide Prevention Month. I have had my own story with suicide that I just shared with you. But it's only fitting that I share this other part of my story with suicide because I find it fundamentally crucial to what I just shared with you. So 2019 was a really depressing um, time in my life. I was sick um, with symptoms of diabetes, which I didn't know was symptoms of diabetes at the time. So it was really depressing. There was no answers. I was sick. I was in school. I had just turned 24. I could have died at any given moment. That's how disheartening and saddening it was. And my family cried every single day. I woke up thinking, what if this is my last day on earth? What if I don't wake up the next day? What if I die in my sleep? It was really, really hard. And my mental state was at an all time low. I didn't know what God was doing up there, but my faith was shaken. Like, God, I'm a good person. Why is this happening to me? Why am I suffering right now? 
where's the answer? I know there's an answer, where is it? I didn't think there was an answer or if there was an answer that by the time I receive it, it was gonna be too late. That's what I was thinking. And it was really devastating and hard for my loved ones and families as well. I emotionally screamed at my sister who is an awesome sister. I have three siblings, my sister Kiana, she, I think she was coming over with my mom and I was annoyed about something and she got angry and I just snapped. I snapped off. I never snapped off at her before. And I just like, I know I could die at any given moment. I just snapped. I just lost control. It was an emotional break for me at that point. And it didn't get much easier after me emotionally yelling at her. Um, because no one knew what was happening, um, my family thought it was best to like have me have protein shakes and ingest as much protein as possible. But that was inevitably making it worse because my body was eating itself from the inside out. Um, I think it's called psychosis. I don't know the scientific term, but the point of the matter is I could have died. And one evening I was so angry and emotional. My dad was upset with me because I was trying to drink this protein shake and it wasn't really working out too well because I wasn't really into it and I didn't like it. He was getting annoyed and frustrated. And I um, got so emotionally and angry that I said, oh, I might as well shove this knife down my throat instead. And I just, I, inevitably ran to my room and was just freaking out. I was emotional. I was angry. I, it was like, I was going to break. I was going to break because that was the first suicide thought I've ever had since I was a kid. I haven't had any suicide thoughts since I was a kid. So the fact that this is now coming up in my adulthood, um, is it's scary and it's saddening because I just wanted to end my suffering. I didn't want to suffer anymore. So I was pacing back and forth, back and forth, like, dad, I just had a suicide thought. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I was paranoid. I was freaking out. I just, I, I was unstable. I didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, it was a really depressive time in my life. So I say that, ah, lost headphone. I say that because inevitably I did get diagnosed with diabetes. I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I didn't die. Um, so that's a blessing, obviously. Um, the fact that I'm still here to this day being diagnosed with diabetes during this pandemic is also a blessing in itself because... I did not imagine being diagnosed with anything during this virus. And my heart goes out to anyone who's been diagnosed during this pandemic because it's one thing to be diagnosed with something in, with typical normal fear, but add a virus into the mix and there's a thousand times more fear than humanly possible because there is no vaccine for the virus at this point. So I say this not to scare you, 
I am very vulnerable and transparent on my podcast. It's the whole essence behind it, just sharing your vulnerabilities, sharing your stories, because it can help others, because we all go through it. We all go through suicide and rape and trauma and all these experiences that play a factor into who we are. And if anything, we should use those experiences to help others going through the same thing. So I share my story with suicide, not to scare you, not to freak you out, because I do not have any thoughts of suicide. I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed, like any person would be in their 20s, but I do not have any thoughts of suicide. I don't have any thoughts of ending my life. It's difficult and emotional for me to share it because that was a part of my life that really traumatically affected me. And I wouldn't want anyone to have to go through what I went through, which is why this podcast is so special because I know what it's like to be invisible and to be rejected and to think that you should just die. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to beat yourself up for being different. And I'm here to tell you that there's nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you You are perfectly fine just the way you are. God created you. He molded you and unfolded you so you can be bold enough to take on the world. There is nothing wrong with you. I thought that. I thought that and I was wrong. And I'm here to tell you that you are perfectly fine the way you are. I know it's suicide prevention month. And I know that due to this unfortunate season we are in, mental health is a topic that needs to be more discussed. It is a stigma that we need to break and help others through because everyone is struggling with mental health. Everyone. You're crazy to think that no one has mental health issues. Everyone has mental health issues. I have mental health issues. So in regards to suicide, I, for one, did not discuss it with anyone. I perhaps discussed it with God and questioning my existence and my own vulnerability, but I didn't share it with anyone. And no one checked in on me. So if you have a friend or a family member please check in on them. You don't understand the emotional agony that comes with questioning your existence. For me, my suicide stemmed from the lack of socialization, from the lack of people wanting lack of friends because I was different and nobody communicated with me. So a sense of lack of socialization and the fact that 
I was biologically different, which made the term of being different a lot difficult for me to understand and harder for me. But again, no one is perfect and there's nothing wrong with that. We're not called to be perfect. We're not called to be normal. However, this is what we are called to do. We are called to help each other. So check in on your friends and family, especially during this season and any season for that matter. The pandemic has brought suicide rates to an all-time high. Um, I don't know the specific number, but I knew, do know mental health has been very much affected by this pandemic because we're isolated, we're alone. All types of agony and turmoil can occur during this season. And I certainly would appreciate it if you, my listeners, would check in on everyone. I've done it, I've texted people, I've called people because this season is unfortunate. And it would be so saddening if any more lives are lost. I don't want anyone to lose their life. I don't want anyone to die. I don't want anyone to think that their life is worthless because it's not. So please make it your mission to check in on everyone. You don't even have to say anything pertaining to suicide. All you have to do is say, I'm just checking in on you. How are you doing? I'm here for you. Simple words like that. That would give the person peace of mind because they know someone cares about them and they're not forgotten about. It took me longer to understand my worth. I don't want anyone to go any length of time thinking they're useless. So please check in. Any second, every day, every moment makes a difference. You sending that text message, there's an amazing text-based application called Cope Notes with the CEO and founder, Johnny Crowder, who had the privilege of being a guest on my podcast several months ago in the second season, um, which you're welcome to check back in that episode. But there are resources that can help you with your mental health. And even if you're hesitant to use those resources, please check in on your friends and family. If they won't listen to this well-programmed text application, they will listen to you. Check in on them. Your text message, your phone call, you simply reminding them that they matter could save their life. With that being said, I'm going to wrap up this episode, which is by far the most emotional episode I've ever done. 
Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Words of Heart podcast. I am your host, Dion Sanchez. If you enjoyed this episode, if anything in this episode resonated with you, you are welcome to listen to it on the following platforms. We are on Facebook at the Words of Heart podcast. We are also on YouTube under the same name. And of course, you can hear this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, etc. If you would like to contact me about how you are personally doing your own well-being in general, do not hesitate to do so. You can reach out to me on Instagram at heartwarrior25. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at heartwarrior24. However you choose to reach out to me, please do not hesitate to do so. I am here for you. I care about you. Your life does have a purpose. You are perfect just the way you are. Please don't think anything less than that. Again, we're all called to help each other. So please check in on everyone, especially today and every day, because your words can make a difference. I've emphasized that numerous times on my podcast, and that statement has never been more true in this moment. Words can make a difference. Words can save a life. So stay healthy, stay safe, check in on everyone. And until next time, bye.